Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. Well, today I have a very special episode for you. You are going to listen to an incredibly insightful conversation with someone I'm thrilled to introduce you to. His name is Steph Savandos, and we speak about men and the challenges and growth opportunities they go through. I'm grateful to offer you this conversation because I know there are a lot of men who listen to this show who will receive great value from this episode. I also know there are many women who care deeply about the men in their life or who are longing for a deeper connection with a man who will learn a great deal from my guest today. Another reason this episode is so special, especially to me, is because Steph is the man in my life. Many of you know that I've been single for a long time now while consciously calling in a relationship, so I'm thrilled to share this news publicly for the first time to all of you, my tribe, who means so much to me. Steph and I are going to record another podcast in a few weeks to talk more about how we met in our connection, which has been pretty magical, I have to say, so stay tuned for that. And the reason I wanted to have him on now is because he's enrolling for a new program for men and I got a sneak peek into it and it is amazing. And I'm a pretty, I have a pretty high standard for programs. Let's just say that. I wanted to share about it as soon as possible because honestly, I've not found a lot of really good personal development work out there strictly for men. I could say a lot about Steph's program and everything he covers in it, but instead I'm just going to give you my personal endorsement from my personal experience. I've been waiting for a man who has done deep work and truly embodies it. I've been waiting for a man who really sees himself and therefore can see me, all of me. And I've been holding for the kind of relationship that feels like home and where I feel truly met. I wanted to be with a man who led with healthy masculinity and also had an open heart. Honestly, there was a time when I started to doubt this kind of man existed until Steph came into my life. He's done the work. He has journeyed to the dark and painful places inside himself. He's been willing to look at his own shadow and patterns that hurt himself and hurt others. He's learned so much in his personal experience and has sought out so many teachers and trainings. He's done so much and he's taken everything he has learned and created the program we're talking about today, Reclaim Your Kingdom. I know his work works because I'm experiencing it firsthand. And for those of you who listen regularly, I sense you know that my intuition is pretty spot on. So men, if you're committed to living into your highest potential and being part of the mission to bring more healthy masculinity into this world, I encourage you to listen carefully and then go enroll in Reclaim Your Kingdom. It's reclaimyourkingdom.com. And to the women who want to be with men who support and encourage you fully into you stepping into your highest potential, listen carefully to this interview as it will give you some clarity as well. Also, I do want to acknowledge my listeners who do not identify as heterosexual. I do still feel there's value in listening to this interview because really we're talking about personal development. And if you have any suggestions of people you'd like for me to have on the show to discuss non-heterosexual relationships, please message me. I'd love to have someone on to talk about all the different kinds of relationships. Before we dive in, just a couple announcements for the women out there. Enrollment is open for my spring retreat. This is the retreat that's always waitlisted, which is why we're taking enrollment now. It's not until March of 2019, but it sells out. So you're going to want to register soon. You can learn more at christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat, or you can email jill at christinehassler.com. I also want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. 
First, using thousands of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind so they fit impeccably and feel even better. Third Love just added 24 new sizes, making them the industry leader with a total of 70 sizes. And there's really quality in every stitch. The details make the difference from premium fabrics to expert design. And you can skip the trip to the mall or the store or wherever you go to buy your bras. You can find your fit in 60 seconds online. All you do is take their fit finder quiz, answer a few simple questions. It's actually fun. And you can really determine what your best fit is. And Third Love has the most sizes of any bra brand. 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes. So Third Love has half cup sizing. Hands down, and I'll speak from experience, it's the most comfortable bra you'll own. Tagless labels, there's no itching, straps that don't slip, smoothing fabrics, super lightweight, super thin memory foam cups, and Third Love guarantees a perfect fit. So returns and exchanges are free and easy. So go to thirdlove.com slash over it now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash over it for 50% off today. And our next sponsor, and I think you'll notice a theme for this episode, is Tomboy X. Because it is time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. So Tomboy X has bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, razor back bras, and everyday colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. All options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless on where you fall on the gender or size spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. Go to tomboyx.com slash over and check out their special bundles and pack pricing and over at non with it listeners get 15% off with code over again, code over for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear, go to tomboyx.com slash over. And now on to my interview with Steph. So I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here on the show and in my life. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today because I have a lot of women that listen to this show, but also a lot of men. And I get a lot of questions from men that I can't answer. Mm. And I get a lot of questions from women about who's helping the men and who's doing work exclusively for men. Mm. And so I'm so happy that you're doing that work and that we're going to talk about it today. I'm also very happy to be here. Yeah. So let's start a little bit with your story because mm. obviously you had to go through a lot to do the work that you do. And we're going to talk specifically about the program that you have yep. right now, Reclaim the Kingdom. Yeah. Reclaim Your Kingdom. Yep. Reclaim your kingdom. Yep. But that didn't, that didn't just come from nowhere. No. Yeah. No. So it's, it's interesting because... I grew up in a very, in an abusive, violent family. So I didn't have a very clear or constructive or healthy definition of masculinity mm-hmm. or what it meant to be a healthy man in today's context. And my father did the best that he could, but he came from a very traumatized place himself. And he projected much of that onto myself and my brother and my mama as well. So whilst there was a lot of love in my life as I grew up, there was also a great deal of uncertainty, volatility, uh, emotional and physical violence, 
and it was very difficult to learn where I was able to place myself mm. in life. And I took these patterns. Obviously, as a, as a child, I didn't know this. I just felt unsafe. Yeah. But, again, I did, I did feel love. I had extended family love for my grandparents and, and my mother and I was close to close to my, my brother as well in my younger years. But there was just a great deal of uncertainty and I took that into my teenage years and I took that into my own sexuality mm. and my own inter and intrapersonal relationships as well. And I took that into my adulthood and the beliefs and the the unconscious models of reality that I developed from that I that I cultivated, I thought were right, was mm. how a man needed to be. What I, was your view of what a man needed to be? Aggressive, dominant always right, mm. um, can do what he wants, mm. when he wants, how he wants. Uh, I was never physically abusive to any of my partners mm. but I was emotionally abusive. I was distant. I was dishonest. I was unfaithful in my relationships as mm. an adult. Um, I really I sought solemn outside of myself because I didn't want to address the, the pain and the fear that I had and the attachment to that pain and fear. I basically just wasn't dealing with, my inner child stuff and right. the pain that I that I went through as a as a young as a young child and as a young man as well. Well, it was probably really confusing too because you had love in a lot of ways, mm. but then you had all this unpredictability and violence and mm. and that, that must have been really a lot to sort out. Yeah, that it was. <laughs> it feels like an understatement, but mm. yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was much to sift through and I was in consistent avoidance. I mean, that's what we do as people mm. and that's what I did. I, I got stuck in the ego self and got stuck in superficiality and didn't want to address that, that, those deeper fears and those pains that were really governing my, my behaviours. Yeah. It's so interesting because I don't, I don't like to make generalisations, mm. but I do in the work that I do and I know the work that you do too, notice patterns. Mm. And I notice there's so many people that come on the show for coaching, mostly women, but men too. And I see with women that grew up in more chaotic, abusive households, they lean more into the people pleasing to stay safe. Because I think as women, we don't feel that the physical aggression doesn't come as naturally. So people pleasing comes our protection. If I don't piss you off, then you won't be mad at me. Mm. And it seems like men may go more toward the aggressive behavior. Would you have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen that in myself, and I've also seen the people pleasing in myself as well. Oh yeah, and that's a, that's another pattern too. So the the aggression piece is interesting, and that's that's largely driven by our biology as well. It's very easy to be aggressive uh, because of our our internalized hormonal infrastructure that yeah. men that men have. And it's easy to go to that. So men will either generally become hyper-feminized as an expressive state of being and how they move through the world. They'll become hyper-aggressive, autocratic, oppressive, subjugating. And I would flux between those, more the latter. Um, but the people-pleasing is is interesting as well because I was always attempting to please those that I wanted attention from. Uh. So that pattern as well, people that I valued or I, I thought I valued and that would also play out in my adult relationships as well. So there was an inauthenticity around that mm. and a dishonesty with self and dishonesty with others. So I was valuing others' well-being over my own, which mm. was causing this internal frustration as well, which would then cause me to be aggressive as a coping strategy. Mm. And, and that by was, aggressive you don't just mean that you're out 
punching people in the face. What, no, what, what is that? <laughs> not so much. Not so much that. Although that's that's occurred in the past in my yeah. younger years. Yeah. Uh, more so just being very defensive, being mm. in the ego, being abrupt, being rude, not being open to suggestion, not being open to conversation, not being equitable in the way I would communicate. Uh, only seeing my vantage point or my perspective, yeah. not wanting to listen to other perspectives as well. And that was that was difficult because that causes more separation right. and more tension between relation in relationships. I was very blessed that I had a good group of friends that accepted me for who I was. Mm-hmm. But then that becomes comfortable too and then you don't want to change your behaviour because you don't see you don't a need, need to, to change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what about emotions? Do you feel like your emotions were shut down? Like obviously you had some aggression and things like that. What about what did you do with all those emotions? I've been I've been a very expressive person from a young age and that was stunted a great deal. Um but in a way I I, I used rather than turning to drugs or or alcoholism, I used um, physical exercise as mm-hmm. a means to, and physical movement as a means to express those dormant emotions. So I was, I, I wasn't tapping into the deep fears that I had, mm-hmm. and the way I would access a, a, a release of that tension of not being able to tap into them and express them mm-hmm. was through very strenuous physical exercise. So I put my mind and my body through a lot of pain to deal with those unexamined fears. At, do you think men can do that with work too? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah most men do do it with work. Mo- yeah. Most men will do it with either substance abuse, yeah. uh, self-harm, emotional abuse outwardly projected, mm-hmm. or um, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Or work. Or like work, work yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because we'll define ourselves by our output in the world. Yeah. So how, how well we do in the world, how well we accomplish in the world, yeah. how well we define our accolades and achievements. So the more we, the, the general premise is the more we put in, the more we get out, the more we are perceived to be of value, yeah. the more self-worth we can cultivate within ourselves. But it's empty because it's not real. It's a mm. facade. Mm. So it's we're constantly chasing that, that high that never really is satisfied. So what was the breaking point for you? What was the turning point? The turning point for me was a few years ago I was in an intimate relationship and a romantic relationship and I was unfaithful in that relationship I was dishonest in that relationship with her and with myself and um, that became unraveled and I observed a great deal of pain in her because of my actions who I was how did you find out did you tell her no Mm. no I didn't tell her I didn't have enough courage to tell her Mm. so that was another aspect of self I looked at as well um, she found out because she had an intuitive feeling. I was disconnected. I was distant, and she uh, looked through my phone or computer. I can't remember too much or something. And she found something, and it became unravelled from there. Parts of me wanted that to happen, yeah, because I wanted to be free from that burden, yeah. And I just didn't have the courage at the time to be really honest and be be a human, just to be an honourable human being. And say, hey, this is who I've been. I've dishonoured our relationship because I've said something to you but I've done something different. Mm-hmm. And it took me a couple of weeks and then we had very we had deep conversations for a number of, of months, I suppose. 
and I became very, very honest. But it, that was a catalyst for me to be more honest with myself and what I wanted to become more on purpose, to live with clarity, to address these fears and these belief systems and all these unconscious aspects of self that were really driving my behaviour and I was a wreck, I was mm. a mess. And I made a commitment to myself to to go very deep at any cost, mm. no matter what. Mm. And I did and I continue to do that and I'm very different in so many ways <laughs> to, to who I was and what I was but not without a long process of exploration of self, right. yeah, right. Into, into aspects and chasms of self and all the dark places that we, we as men avoid very well. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that's what inspires what you teach now so much, yeah? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. It inspires what I teach now in terms of how we connect with ourselves, how we connect with others, how we honour ourselves and honour others and how we can show up as men, like really healthy men. There's, there's, we, we can show up as conscious men or, or um, spiritual men, but just healthy, just healthy, balanced men. What does that mean, define yeah. healthy, balanced man? It means a number of things. Mm-hmm. In fact, in in the model that I've created around what it means to be a conscious, what I call a conscious warrior of this, a conscious modern warrior or a, a healthy balanced man. There's, there's principles, there's 12 principles that allow us to be this healthy person. And I mean, I won't recite all 12 principles now, but when we live to these principles and we really embody them mm-hmm. and we, for lack of a better term, do the work or do the exploratory work. So we explore ourselves and we explore aspects of ourselves that, we haven't in the past because when we do that, we're fragmented. This is what I discovered in my own journey. I was very fractured and fragmented in myself. And I was presenting a particular aspect of myself to the world, but there was so much I was hiding. Uh-huh. I, I didn't even know I was hiding it. Yeah. And there was some some aspects of self I knew I was hiding, but I was too. I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't have enough self belief. I didn't value myself enough. I didn't believe that what I had was of worth to the world. Mm. And there was just so much fear and pain and, and suffering that I wasn't exploring. So I was moving through the world very fractured. Mm. So you can imagine what happens when that when we move through the world in a fractured way, in a fragmented way. We, we we're broken. We're not we're not whole. We're right. not in in a process of wholeness. So for me, healthy, balanced masculinity is is a man who explores the wholeness of who he is. He explores his shadow self. Mm-hmm. So in in psychological terms, we're looking at the unconscious shadow. Yep. And takes ownership of that. It takes ownership of what society shuns, yeah. what society isn't appreciative of, whether it be the anger, yeah. whether it be the fear, whether it be men shouldn't be like this or you shouldn't feel that way. But it's exploring the entire spectrum because that gives us context and it gives us contrast. Yeah. And I polarised myself for too long. So I projected what I thought society wanted or what others wanted and I neglected so much of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I became more and more fractured, more and more broken, therefore more imbalanced and more unhealthy. Mm. And it requires, you know, you have to come face-to-face with some pretty dark stuff or some some really hurtful aspects yeah. of Yeah, and some painful experiences alive. that you went through in the past, yeah. And equilibrating them, neutralising them, giving them context and gratitude and forgiveness. You know, something that I love the way you say, I mean, I adore you. In so many different ways, but we were talking the other day with some friends and we were speaking to forgiveness. Yeah. And you very quickly said, which I thought was just beautiful, that forgiveness is great, but it comes later. Yeah. 
forgiveness can't come unless you've exposed yourself to those feelings that you're repressing. I'm paraphrasing you, my love. No, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm just putting it in my language, but it, it, we have to come face to face with the entire spectrum of who we are. Yes. And that's part of mastering self. That's For me, that's part of sovereign leadership. Like really, as for men, it's very important and it's something I discuss in in the conscious warrior or, or the model that I've created, this model that I've created, this framework, is how to be a sovereign leader, how to lead self because men want to lead. Men want to lead others. They want to lead a family. They want to lead a community. They want to lead a business. Mm-hmm. But most men don't know how to fucking lead themselves. Yeah. They lead themselves in such a fractured way and they're so broken and that extends into the outer world. And imagine millions and millions or billions of men doing that. Like imagine the state of the world. So can you give an example of a man quote-unquote, leading in a fractured way? So I won't, I won't name specifics because it's, it's, it's not about judging people, but it's essentially many of our political leaders. Mm-hmm. So many of the world's political leaders, and you don't have to look too far mm-hmm. to see that they're leading in a way that is inauthentic and that is self-interest-based. Right. It's not very ego-driven. Very ego-driven. Very power-driven. Autocratic power uh-huh. is what they're after. So right. subjugating power. So it's power. It's controlling power. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm an oppressor. You must submit. That, that because power gets a bad rap. That's another. That's another aspect of healthy masculinity and balanced masculinity. We have to be in our power as men, but we have to be in healthy, considerate, inclusive power, mm-hmm. not exclusive power where our power comes at the cost of other people's well-being. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I've experienced in my life a great deal through my own my own personal experiences with others, but I've also been that person. Mm-hmm. And when I move when I move to a place of being in my own power, so still being powerful and still connecting to the value that I bring the world because I had to recognise that value first of yeah. all. So recognising that value and then coming from a place of, of power that it's presence. Mm-hmm. You show up for who you are and you own who you are and you make an impact. I, I, I make an impact in the world by being me. And yeah. everybody has that capacity. I'm not special. I'm not unique in that way. We all have that capacity. Can I give an example yeah. of how you do that? Yeah, of course. So we're actually recording this in Estonia. And um, I we're here for different reasons, but I was here to speak at Mind Valley U. And you came with me to support to support me and see me speak. And I was the one up on stage, but the whole time, not but Anne, the whole time I felt your power, like the power of you supporting me and honoring me and, and seeing me. And that, that felt powerful to me. It felt like you were supporting me, but there was power behind it because it was coming from you knowing who you were mm. in that moment. Is that an example of power? It's beautiful. It's a very humbling example of okay. power, <laughs> yeah. and it is, and and that's the power that all men have the capacity to step into. You know, I'll share something with you that I'm noticing on we'll use social media as a as a conduit for global expression because it it is it is to some degree. I'm noticing a lot of amazing women, uh, including you, mm-hmm. my love, really honouring men and saying. Out loud, we forgive you. Yeah. You know, we, we honour you. You have tremendous capacity. Let's move forward from this place. And th- this is a very deep conversation, obviously. Yeah. But what it's doing for me personally, and I only speak for myself, It's so, and, I, and I've done various 
posts and blogs and videos and mm-hmm. live feeds on this. It's so humbling that men that are on the path to being healthier men that want to serve humanity and want to serve their own journey can't help but be inspired by that and want to transform from an unhealthy place into a healthy place. Yeah. Like the only men that are threatened by that are men that are unhealthy. So I'm, just, I'm giving you other examples of yeah. unhealthy, healthy men. Yeah. Because we're seeing that, I'm seeing that, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, wow, like these are women that are ready to, this, this is the, the, the feminine within that is ready to say, I understand the past. Mm-hmm. We get the oppression. We get the patriarchy. We get the social models that haven't worked, that have been extreme, but there's no point in harbouring. No, not at all. Like yeah. We have to move on yeah. and we have to move through and we're only going to do that together. We occupy this planet together. Yeah. So as human beings and as other, other sentient beings and other animals of flora, fauna and all of that, mm-hmm. the entire ecosystem that makes up this earth, and that to me is deeply inspiring. So men that are attuned to that and are feeling that and are humbled by that, and it's, it's calling them to step into their own power mm-hmm. and saying, well, how can I serve? How can I serve myself first and foremost? Because I have to, I, I call it selfish selflessness. Yeah. And that's another, that's another principle within, within the framework. So it's, it's how can I serve myself and serve others simultaneously so I consider others, their well-being mm-hmm. and mine at the same time. It's a really challenging thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's done in an inclusive way. And it's done in a way that respects and reveres one's own journey, one's own principles of living, one's own values, but also the values of immediately who's important to them mm. and then the rest of community, mm-hmm. society, earth, etc. Why do you think, I, mean, I have my reasons, but I want to hear yours. We dive deep on this show. People come in and are vulnerable very, 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 very quickly. Are we going deep enough? No, no, no. I'm Yes, yes. I don't just mean you and I. I mean the callers, the callers on the podcast. No, 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 yes. No, I'm I, we have no trouble with the deep end. So most of the people are women. And I don't just think that's because I'm a woman. I think it's because we're still in a time where it's easier for women to be more vulnerable and to get to, to express pain and to get to that. But it's beautiful when men come on the show and it's not, I don't have any trouble getting to vulnerability with them. Like we can definitely get there. There's just fewer of them showing up Mm. willing to do that work. Mm. Why? (laughs) I knew you'd ask that. (laughs) Because for so many years, men have acted as if they don't have a limbic system. Mm. And we do, men, we have a limbic system. Explain what a limbic system is. <laughs> it's part of the brain that governs our emotion. Yeah. To some extent, it's one of the roles it plays. But we've suppressed our emotional expression because somewhere in history, in multiple places actually, mm-hmm. we've been told, we as a society, as a humanity, mm-hmm. have been told that men emotionally expressing themselves or being vulnerable is an act of weakness. Mm. And weakness is not associated with masculinity. Mm. And if you're not in your masculine self, you're not a man. And if you're not a man, who are you? So there's this complete loss of self-identity. So we've repressed our ability to express emotions in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. The reality is it's part of our internal psyche. It's part of our makeup. It's part of our pro-social interactions, the way we interact with others. Okay. So we're suppressing this integral part of what it means to be human and it has to come out in some way. Right. So how it generally comes out is 
from a basis of immense frustration and tension, mm. neurological, psychological and emotional tension. So instead of coming out in a healthy, balanced, methodical manner, it comes out blah. Yeah. Violence, oppression, subjugation, tension, yeah. violence, like extreme aggression or we withdraw as men, become yeah. very passive. Yeah. And that's unhealthy too. So you have these men that are moving through the world, not living in and on their purpose, mm. not connected to other human beings. They don't know how to express themselves. They hate themselves. Yeah. They detest who they are. They want to be able to speak up and communicate. They don't know how because we've been told as young boys, mm-hmm. don't talk. Don't talk about what you feel. Don't add, so don't add verbiage to what you're experiencing internally, emotionally and, and from a perspective of feelings which gives no context. So our brain development suffers because of that as well. So from a neuroscience perspective, that's not healthy either. Mm. But when we add verbiage to feelings, we're integrating the being. Mm. We're giving, providing ourselves with greater context. Mm-hmm. We're becoming smarter. We're becoming uh, more intelligent. Yeah. So we're losing this intelligence as well. Well, and I think a lot of men, people in general, I see this with women too, but even more common with men is just going into the head and trying to intellectualize the feelings and make sense of them and figure out how rather than actually feeling them. And I've worked with a lot of men who tell me I just can't feel. Like I don't feel. I can't I can't feel. And and that's one of the things your program helps men do is tap into their emotions if they feel they can't feel them. Because every person can feel feelings, right? Every person does feel feelings and every person needs to feel feelings. Excuse me, every person has that capacity to feel feelings. And when we negate that aspect of self, we're fracturing ourselves further. So this isn't just individual fracture. This is collective fracture and this is historic fracture as well. This is generational fracture. Mm. So we're looking at the men previous to us and we're looking at how they've behaved and we're looking at what we're being taught in our education systems and we're looking at how our social structures are formed from the playground to school to the workplace to um, socialising and all of that. And there's gaps in how we communicate and connect. There's gaps in how we relate to ourselves and each other. And those gaps are the vital pieces that are missing for cultivating wholeness or healthiness or balance or harmony Mm -hmm. within self. Mm -hmm. And it's not about perfection. I mean, that's another conversation as well around there's this this construct, this ethos that men have to be perfect. It's not just for men, it's for women. It's for all of our humanity. If we're not perfect, we're not good enough. And it shows up differently for, for men and women. Yeah, or however however one classifies themselves in terms of gender types, but it shows up differently for people. For men, it shows up as that doing energy. Mm. So the more materially successful you are as a man, the more self-worth you carry. Mm. The more you're in society and the more independent you are, the more individual you are, the more um, self-sustaining you are, but very much from a physically um, tangible uh, sense, like a material sense, the more worth you carry. Right, or the more women you can have or whatever. It's an accumulation of whether it be sex, an accumulation of material goods, an accumulation of status, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever it may be, it's about doing, doing, doing. We do more in the world, obtain more, have more, take more. And that's evident in the way we extract resources, the way we distribute resources, Mm -hmm. the way we distribute energy, the way we live as a society, the disparateness of that. It's too extreme. Yeah. In that extremity, we're losing ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's too much fracture because we're behaving in a way that is extreme on one end of the spectrum. But what about the other end of the spectrum? That's not valued. 
So we're doing a disservice to ourselves as men and to the people in our lives and our earth as well. Mm. So let's talk about commitment because that's another thing that comes up a lot for people and especially men. And I have had, oh my gosh, so many conversations. I am lucky to have a lot of close male friends who open up to me and then clients as well. Mm. And commitment has been a struggle. Not that they are all cheaters or, or anything like that, but though I'm afraid of losing my freedom, something better may come along. I feel trapped. And I've I've worked with several men who are in relationships or in marriages who felt very, very trapped and very unfree. But they're good men with good values. And so they don't cheat or any of those things, but they're miserable. So let's let's explore that. Why? I know men value freedom, but what what does that mean to men? And why do you think commitment is challenging? Freedom, the ability to do what we want, when we want, how we want, but that's predicated on a set of belief systems. Mm. And most belief systems, are they reside in our unconscious self. So unless we explore our unconscious self, our shadow self, the darker aspects of self and the lighter aspects of self that are hidden, We'll never get to those belief systems to make them conscious, to therefore make them malleable, yeah. to therefore transmute them if they don't resonate with and us. And let's just let's just break down for people what the unconscious shadow self is. Okay. So how does that get formed? I mean, a lot of it's through our childhood experiences, and so, so people just, have you a just good. Summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 formed through. Our, it's so from the ages of zero to eight to ten, we walk around in this hypnagogic state. So mm-hmm. we're just hypnotized by the world. So we're absorbing everything. And we're largely, the, the hypnagogic state means that we're in the unconscious mind. That means we, there's no real interpretation. It's just absorbing information. Like a sponge. Like a sponge. So what we see is what we absorb and we don't interpret it. We just, it just sits with us. So we form much of our beliefs about the world and about how we should behave and how we should be and much of our coping strategies and how we interact with the world and ourselves in that early age. So it's almost like it comes in like a sponge and then we become a computer based on what the sponge absorbs and we create all these programs and belief systems based on that. And that is our unconscious, which drives 90 to 95% of our behavior. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So we have to examine that. And if we don't examine ourselves in that way, then we'll be driven by aspects of self that we don't know mm-hmm. so we're, we're really moving through the world blindly right freedom's interesting because freedom is something that we all yearn for and freedom can be synonymous with growth and love mm-hmm. as well and whether you're a man or woman we all yearn for that and it's something that's deeply important to all of us to have that sense of freedom because then we're able to express freely as well and so we don't become stunted in our in our growth or we don't become stunted in the way we move through the world Can I speak to a personal experience? Yes, please. Yeah. So for me, I grew up observing very unhealthy, toxic relationships, for lack of a better term. Like my my mother and father, they did not have a healthy dynamic in the way they related with each other. So I, I took that and as I became older and began to interpret my experiences, I looked at that and said, I'd never want to be married. Mm. I never want to be in a relate in an intimate relationship because this is what it is. Yeah. I never really had healthy intimate relationships. Even my friends, like their parents, they were their their relationships were unhealthy as well. So I was observing this this cons- consistent reinforcement of is this what it's like to be together yeah. and have children? It's like 
I don't want that. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely not what I don't want. So I would do everything I could to move away from that. And somewhere along the line I made an association in my own mind that the more freedom I have in the people that I'm with intimately, the women that I'm with intimately, uh, the freer I am, the happier I am. Uh. Because obviously being in a monogamous relationship with one person, married, is definitely not the place mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And whilst all my friends were talking about marriage, at a very early age, I was looking at them and thinking, you, you're crazy. We talk yeah. about getting married. Like, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And it would bring up a lot of anxiety for me as well. So when I was in previous relationships, speaking to marriage, I would get, I would feel a great deal of tension in my body, like neurological tension. I would be stressed. I, I would feel like literally I'm being annihilated. Yeah. Because my unconscious self, the implicit memory, which is the unknown memory, we can't we can't make a conscious connection to that memory. We, we feel the feelings in the body, mm-hmm. but we can't put words to where those feelings coming mm-hmm. from. The implicit memory was coming up for me. I was it was taking me back to my parents, taking me back to what these unhealthy expressions of intimacy that I saw. Right. And I thought, and, and it was all violence and it was all abuse and, and suppression and, and yuckiness and separateness and that's, so I would, th- I would say, no, 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 I can't do this. So I would then go and cheat essentially mm-hmm. and I would have this great sense of relief. Mm. And it wasn't until I went into my definition of freedom and, and began to observe healthy dynamics of people together and I remember this very, very specifically. It was, a, it was, a, I, was I was driving to... He's a good friend of mine and he's a, he's a Tantra Kundalini physical therapist. He's, he's, a, he's a teacher in, mm-hmm. in, in varied arts. In varied, and I was, I was going through, this was only about 18 months ago, mm-hmm. I was going through a very dark time in my life. And whilst I was aware of all of this, I couldn't quite lift that fear of freedom. Mm-hmm. And certain things were happening in my life at that time where I had another breakup. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, another catalyst to go deep, extremely painful, and it brought up a lot of emotions and feelings that I'd never felt before. So I decided once again, because I committed years ago, to go deep into that. And I was driving to his place and I was crying like I was mm. in tears. I wouldn't even know how I was on the road. I was in tears and 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 just suddenly it lifted. And I can't exp- like, I'd done some very deep meditation that morning. Mm specifically on freedom, but I was redefining what freedom meant for me and what commitment meant for me and how I perceive commitment. And it lifted. Mm. It just lifted and, and this lightness came over me and I took a big, deep breath, like a, a, like a, a gasp, air, like mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. Like a, I said, <gasps> mm. And it was the most amazing feeling. And from there I began to go deeper into redefining freedom and commitment for me. Mm. And I, I began to realise that, Freedom is an inside job. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you're with or where you Not are. At all. And everything that I'd read and I'd experienced and exposed to made all this sense. Yeah. Like Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, like as an one. example, yeah. right? He was free. Yeah, within himself. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter what relationship you're in or job you're in, or you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be free in your career. You don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freedom is an inside job, as is forgiveness, as are many different states mm-hmm. that we experience. And when I really grasped that. I didn't just grasp it intellectually, I embodied it. And my whole life began to change. Like I opened up opportunities that never, never presented themselves before. Mm-hmm. You're in my life. <laughs> there's, 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 there's reasons for that. Like mm-hmm. now I find freedom in intimacy. Mm-hmm. Now I, I, I welcome intimacy as 
a pathway to freedom, to experiencing freedom in that moment. And that's one of the most powerful teachings, lessons, realizations, revelations that I've yeah. had in my whole life. Okay, so there's a couple things I want to unpack in that. The first thing is how so much of the teaching information out there about why men have trouble with freedom is because it's biological, is because it's in your DNA to want to spread your seed and be with multiple women. And and there's a lot in kind of the sexual education world that says this is why men have trouble with freedom. I personally believe that we're evolving out of that. Like that's that's the way humans were in the past. And it's more about childhood issues and unconscious programming and patterning that creates the struggle. But I'm sure the biology is in there too. So I want you to speak to that. Mm. And, then, and then I want to talk a little bit about the female perspective because I've been with men who are in that battle of – red light, green light with you. Mm. Energetically, it feels like I, I want to be with you, but now I don't. And mm. I do and I don't. And I used to be like that. yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's exhausting because mm. you, you get this intimacy and then they pull away mm. or they say, it's not you, it's me, but mm. you feel like it's you because mm. you've been rejected mm. and you hear, well, I'm not sure that I want to be in a relationship with. And mm. then as the female, and I'm sure this can work women to women, men to men, you know, women can have commitment issues as well, but Mm. we're just speaking from our personal experience. So, and, and a lot of, you know, just, I was speaking last week to someone who's in a bit of that right now with a man and it's just torture for her because she, she feels his questioning and it's, even though she knows it's not about her, since she's the woman in the relationship, it's freaking hard not to take that personally. It's difficult to not difference. Yeah, yeah. In the, body, in, the, in the body and the mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So whatever whatever one of those you want to start with. Um, I'll, I'll, start with, I'll start with biology. So biology plays a role in who we are, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that's a given. We're, we're hormonally structured differently, men and women, males and females. And yes, biology drives much of our behavior, but it's not the full story. Right. You know, we experience, we're so complex now as a society compared to 1.5 million years ago, mm-hmm. five, 600,000 years ago, 300,000 years ago, far more complex. Yeah, even 50 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But from a, from a definitely, but from a neurological perspective, so from a brain development perspective, yeah. we, we are far more adept and more integrated as human beings now than we were. A million years ago. Yes. 1.5, 2 million years ago as humanoids. So Humanoids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Homo sapien wasn't around, I think, three to 500,000 years ago. So humanoids, yeah, a version of who we are today. I love learning new words from you. <laughs> What's the word that um, the user expects? UX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a, okay, we're diverging. So, <laughs> so it definitely plays a role. But because of the cultural clutter that we experience today as a society, there's, we, there's so much input. Yeah. We're still navigating. Our brains are still navigating that. It's stimulus overload. Like it's, it's, it's like being in Vegas. You know, Vegas oh, is like sensory overload, Vegas. right? Yeah, yeah. And so our brains are, that's how society is for us today. So we have these urges as men and women. So that's another fallacy as well. Like are men are more sexually driven than women. No, wrong. It's a really interesting experiment done, which is really cool. So 
they meaning I can't remember which university it was, mm-hmm. but you you could find this experiment. So there was they interviewed heterosexual man, heterosexual woman, homosexual men, and homosexual women, and they stimulated them. So they showed them pornography, erotic words, mm-hmm. um, videos of animals um, having sex, and a variety, a myriad of sexual activity in the in the written words, sound, mm-hmm. uh, so auditory, visual, visual mm-hmm. auditory, etc. And they 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 applied sensors to every every person that was okay. here. So they were asking questions: Are you aroused? Yeah. And they would either tick a box yes or tick a box no. But that also gauge what's happening in the body right. at the same time as well. So there was a there was a, a match that was occurring. Long story short, what they found was that the heterosexual women that were saying they weren't aroused by certain sexual activity, Actually their body were yeah. yeah. So what that demonstrates is that it's a, it, in part, obviously there's more to this, of course, and there's, there's always more research to be done, but it's an indication that men aren't necessarily more sexually driven mm. than, than, than women are. We're sexual beings. Like that's what we do. We procreate, mm-hmm. right? and it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. This is a really long, complex conversation. Well, we can do another podcast. We, we can, and it's a beautiful conversation to have. Essentially, yes, there are biological drivers that for both men and women that say, Let's spread as much seed as possible. Let's create as much yeah. human as possible. Also coming from a time of scarcity and immense danger in our environment too. Yeah. And for survival, strength in numbers was optimal. Yeah. So that's why we have so much problem today with being in the out group because from a psychological perspective, if we're in the out group. You mean not feeling a sense of belonging? Yeah, yeah. not having a sense of belonging. So we're outcasts. Though we, we feel a sense of danger like death, yeah. like well, we're going yeah. to die. It's like public speaking. That's one that that evokes so much fear because if you say something wrong or something that the masses don't agree with, you'll be rejected or put out of out yeah. of the out group. So that's that's why we have so much fear around that. We don't want that. We want to be in the in group because it's safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. We're not in that place anymore. Mm. So there are a lot of there's a lot of catching up that our biology perhaps needs to do, or perhaps there's a lot of equilibration that we need to do or reprioritization of social collective individual values yeah there's no cut and dry answer on this for me but biology plays a part but we're also i agree with you completely our consciousness is also transcending certain aspects of our generational and historical ancestry our evolutionary ancestry i just and this is probably my you know maybe i need to look at this it does i wouldn't say it triggers me but i get frustrated because i don't think it's accurate when it's almost used as a reason when I hear from, we'll just use men in particular, say, well, I'm just biologically wired not to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's hard for women to hear because it's like, well, does that give you a biological excuse? No, I, I agreed. So here's a better way, and this is where men need to show up in their own power and be okay. true to themselves, is say, well, first of all, say exactly what they're feeling and be very honest. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's it's very difficult because there can be shame and guilt that's associated Mm -hmm. with That's why we have to do the deep explorative work Mm -hmm. within self to neutralise all of that so that we can be honest with the people in our lives that matter and and, and ourselves. But essentially say, hey, I like having sex with a variety of women Mm -hmm. and I prefer non-monogamy as my primary form of relationship. If that resonates with you, let's do that. Yeah. Now, 
I mean, if I had the courage to say that back then, because that's what I thought I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I was running because of fear. I was, Mm -hmm. there's not what I wanted. I was coming from a place of fear, very different, very different places. And that's the conversation men need to have. And the only way they can have that is when they get clear within who they are, when they become purposeful in what they want in every area of life, whether it be their sexuality, whether it be their their mission or their vision or their, mm-hmm. their vocation, whether it be how they relate to their children, mm-hmm. whether it be how they, they interact in the community, whether it be their own physical health, whether mm-hmm. it be their emotional health. When men get clear on that, they can have those conversations. Mm-hmm. But until they step into their courage and, and actually own what they want and not use a scapegoat like our biology or use a yeah. scapegoat of cultural conditioning or any of that, yeah. just, just take clear. ownership. Yeah. Just be really what clear. What This is what I want because – there's nothing wrong with non-monogamy. Right. Because it works for some people. It does. It works really well. It does. Well. I know people it works great for and, mm-hmm. and because I, they're clear and they're committed yeah. to their truth. And Yeah, absolutely. And the monogamy works really well for some people mm-hmm. too. Now, monogamy doesn't work well for most of the world, but there are reasons for that. It's not necessarily because it's biological and monogamy restraint um, constraints biology. That's not the reason why. There, What's the reason why? <laughs> Because the foundations that monogamy are laid upon, number one, are flawed. Mm. It, it's about it's a it's a socioeconomic transaction, number yes. one, and that's not that's not intimate relating. That's the right. first that's the first part, and the second part, which is probably really the first part, is that people are going into relationship hurt. Yeah, they're going into relationship fractured. They're going into relationship thinking this is what they want because that's what society is telling them, but it's not what they yeah, want. Yeah, or they're looking from the love they didn't get from mom or dad. Yeah. They're looking for someone to come and make their life better. They're looking for completeness. They're looking for their other half, whatever. Because they're not coming from a place yeah, of wholeness. They're from so they're coming from a place yeah. of fracture yeah. and fragmentation. Yeah. So they're looking for something to be satisfied within themselves, outside of themselves, therefore disempowering themselves, which is what so many of us do, which is what I personally did for so long, looking outside of myself to satisfy something that I needed to be healed or needed to be neutralized or needed to be mm-hmm. understood or connected to well, I wasn't willing to go into that myself because it's easier for the ego to project outwards, yeah. blame and shame outwards, outwardly, and also look for the answer outwardly instead of doing the deep inner right. work with self. So one of the reasons you created this course and the link for every the link for that, everybody's in the show notes, is because you needed it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 there was something missing in the market. Yeah, I do I really do think there's a great there's a great deal missing in the yeah. market in terms of masculine in terms of masculine studies or, or cultivating healthy masculinity. For me, masculinity is either it's too – that's the best way to put this. It's too ethereal. Right. So it, it's too conceptual and there's not enough grounding or it's it's not that it's too grounded, it, but it's, it's too much on the hyper-aggressive side. Right. Like we have to – we have to. Well, my program is called Reclaim Your Kingdom. Yeah. But there, there, are, many, there are many teachings out there that are – reclaiming back our masculinity but it's coming from a place of dominance Mm -hmm. and that's not healthy and it's not healthy for the men yeah because it's separating us from what we actually want which is intimacy and connection and belongingness yeah yeah and and for a heterosexual man or a homosexual man doesn't matter well bisexual person doesn't matter we get that from other people Mm -hmm. so we're separating ourselves when we are becoming oppressive but no one wants to be oppressed right and anyone that wants to be oppressed is in an unhealthy state of being right we want equity in our lives we want to experience equality and equity right we don't want to experience disharmony and disparateness we don't want to be we don't want to be told what to do yeah in a a harmful aggressive way yeah what healthy person wants that well and 
this is one of the many reasons I appreciate you so much is because you're so integrated between all aspects of masculinity. Because the struggle for me with men in, in my personal relationships was I felt I had two options, either alpha male mm-hmm. who was masculine and never like I never attracted abusers or, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't deal well with a man who was like, you know, tried to push me around. That wouldn't go so well. But I, those alpha maybe kicking ass in business and being sport and or and then I get sick of that because my heart wasn't met, my emotional needs were met, and I'd go to the spiritual dude who felt refreshing at first because he could cry with me and meet me emotionally, but then it was like so unattractive because it'd be like, where do you want to go for dinner? I don't know, goddess, where do you want to go? And I'd want to punch him in the face. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in some men's circles, that would be called beta bucks. Beta bucks. Beta bucks. Okay. Okay. So, in, some, in some circles, yeah. So it's possible to have it integrated. I believe so. Yes. That's what I aim for. Yes. Yeah. And it's a learning, it's a work in progress. It's a constant, you know, like people that think that life doesn't require effort are delusional. Like, you know. <laughs> exactly. But I used to think that though. I used to think that any relationship I was in, if there was the moment, again, because of my history, because of what I observed you, you in my parents, it. the moment I saw a disharmony or an argument, I was like, oh, this relationship's not for me. It can't mm-hmm. be right. If, if it's mm-hmm. not all good, then it, it, if it's, it can't be right, I'm mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So you, we, we think like that sometimes. So that's it, a polarization of self. The reality is that we can have that integrated mm-hmm. man. And there isn't, it's not about having a perfect man. It's mm-hmm. not being a perfect man, but it's, it's about integrating the healthy qualities of what it means to be a leader yep. and the healthy qualities of what it means to engage in more feminine expressive states such as cooperation. Mm-hmm. Not that, that men can't cooperate or only females cooperate, but it's a feminine expressive cooperate? state. Cooperate. <laughs> When you speak Australian, I pa- tend to translate. To pa- yeah, yeah, translate to your American audience because my my uh, my accent. Okay, is, we got lots of Aussies listening as well. <laughs> my accent is a bit strange sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, talk more about your. We don't have to go through all the twelve principles, sure. but maybe a couple of your favorites that you teach in the program. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, wait, we have to go back to something. Oh, uh, yes, and then we'll go to that. Sure. So, for that woman yeah. that may be with that man yeah. who was you a few years ago, sure, who is in that conflict about commitment and freedom, mm. what guidance advice do you have for her? Sure. So I'm going to be fairly direct here as well. Yeah, be direct. Yeah. So that that woman needs to speak to that man very openly mm-hmm. and say, this is what I'm observing. This is what I'm feeling from you. This is what you're giving. If you're not willing to shift that, and of course the personal disposition is up to the woman. Yeah. If, she, if she wants to be patient enough mm-hmm. to be present to that. But if that man's not willing to shift and he's not willing to change, she needs to leave. And what do you mean by shift and change? Shift and change is behaviour to be more clear. Because mm-hmm. if you're oscillating between hot, cold, hot, cold, you lack clarity. Exactly. If you're lacking clarity, you're lacking purpose. Purpose in that dynamic, in that area of life. Maybe you have purpose in your business. Yeah. Or maybe you have purpose yeah. in the way you treat your children or your friends and you have cl- clarity on how you behave in those areas. But if you're behaving in a way that is oscillating mm-hmm. and it's volatile mm-hmm. and your behaviour is unpredictable, mm-hmm. that woman is living in consistent uncertainty. Right. Now, I've been that man that has caused that uncertainty. Well, I mean, it's not that I've caused it, but I've been uncertain in myself. Therefore, those around me have felt that uncertainty. And right. it's, it's, I've been wavering. Yes. In, in, and that doesn't in, feel good. No, instead of being an unwavering, solid man. Right. 
And you can only be sold when you have clarity in what you want. And you can only have clarity when you've explored yourself. So if he's not willing to explore himself and do that work or put effort into knowing who he is and gaining certainty and and being really, really clear and Mm -hmm. staying to that, then ultimately he's in his... He's in an unhealthy state yeah. of being. And yeah. it's not and he's he's maybe not ready for intimate relationship. Yeah. And you can feel that. And I think women can waver too. And a yeah, man a man could be clear and a woman could be wavering yeah, as well. Of course. But you feel that and you know, I feel that from you. I feel your clarity. And it wouldn't matter what you said to me. You know, obviously you say beautiful things to me. You've got to feel it. Yeah, I have to I have to feel it. I have to feel it. And it's through, done through action too. Yeah. And consistency is a key. So consistency is not one of the principles that I teach in the in the in the program in the journey rather but it's a part of the the, the principles whole. consistency yeah the whole rather thank yeah. you and consistency is huge because you can be consistently really good at say shooting up heroin yeah. and you'll and you'll be you'll be you'll be very proficient at shooting yeah. heroin, at, at taking heroin but there's an extreme example i use it on purpose yeah. or you can be really consistent at consciously communicating with people yeah or you can be super consistent at placing effort into your own well-being whether it be looking after your physical health whether it be eating correctly mm-hmm correctly for your body, whether it be treating people with reverence and respect, like it requires effort and consistency. It and it's the consistency that keeps us safe, that allows us to feel safe and mm-hmm. allows us, and in that safety we feel openness. Mm-hmm. And it's in what I call that open state of being where courage can be explored, where the other aspects of self that maybe we're a little bit scared of can be explored because we feel open, where we feel safe enough to do so. So in my opinion, it's every human being's obligation yep. to A, allow themselves to feel safe and B, allow others to feel safe by being certain in their own posture, by being consistent in their mm. own behaviour. But that requires effort and exploration. It does. So that just got me thinking, so let's shift gears a bit in, in how women can be inconsistent mm. and in how we consciously or unconsciously emasculate men mm. because there's a lot of really amazing boss kick-ass women that listen to this show yeah and sometimes we can get into our masculine a little bit Mm. and i know a lot of women that are with good men like Mm. not not passive beta bucks like you said or anything Mm. like that i don't necessarily adhere to that term but it it it, it it makes sense um um yeah bucks because in australia there's buck parties and we don't really call them bucks in the u.s what do you call them in the u.s bachelor parties yeah, we call them that too, but oh. they say bucks, bucks yeah. do's, and, yeah. yeah, silly short, stri- short silly and everything. Yeah. Um, so, f- a lot of times, women can take some of the masculine because I I believe that women can be successful in business and still be more feminine than masculine. But I talked about this on a recent podcast interview I did. Women to survive, we've had to adapt, and in the corporate world and in the world in general. I think women have seen, oh, wow, masculine characteristics make me more successful, get things done, keep me more safe. So in a lot of ways, our lean into our masculinity has been adaptive mm. because we've needed it, right? Mm. But bringing that into our relationships and being, you know, I, I know a lot of really successful women that get frustrated that their men aren't manning up enough, but they're really masculine in their relationships and not really giving the the men the opportunity to do that. So I don't even know what my question is. Do you know what my question is in all of this? Yeah, potentially how can a woman find balance in her intimate relationship and still be a kick-ass boss in the corporate world? Yeah, or in in her life. And and how do we emasculate and not even realize we're doing it? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really powerful question. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of respond to the first one. And I'll say that we need to be, we need to bring the same energy to every dynamic. Like we can bring a different energy or a different expressive state or different what I call posturing. So in mm -hmm. other words, how we show up in terms of our personality, in terms of our behaviour, how we treat others, how we treat ourselves, the words and the language that we use. Like we can be slightly different people like right. in different situations. And it really depends who you want to be. Like, So a woman that is is successful in the out in the outer world in in the in the realm of business in the realm of, in the corporate world and have a success is defined for yeah. that individual or maybe she maybe she doesn't even work outside the home but she's just like a get things done sure you know so so, so generally like you know opposites attract and there's a lot of truth in that but there's also a lot of truth in similarities attracting too but mm -hmm. there needs to be a balance so if someone is in their masculine and they're intimate with someone else that's in their masculine and they're, they're a heterosexual couple, mm -hmm. there's going to be conflict right? because there's no, there's no contrast there. Right. So at some point, and it's ideally that the male will step into his healthy masculine and it doesn't mean that he hasn't, he doesn't carry feminine expressive traits yeah. with him. And the woman will step into, and this is a very simplified heterosexual example, yeah? The woman becomes more com a little bit more complex when we look at um, different uh, sexual relationships. Mm -hmm. But then the woman will step into her healthy feminine and there's a merging. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a complementary nature to it, mm -hmm. to the dynamic, to the relationship. So if you were to have the man step into his healthy feminine more, and the woman into a healthy masculine, that would be a, a contralateral sexualization of self. Mm. Like it would almost potentially feel unnatural. Yeah. For for a man to step into this majority role of healthy feminine. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. So the, there's there's almost you could say there's a natural order to things to some extent, mm -hmm. and that's part driven by biology, part driven by cultural conditioning mm -hmm. over many many years. But to find that balance, we have to step into our own authentic states. Yeah. But we have to determine what that is for us. That is for us, What yeah. we really, really want. Yeah. Like what we really, really want. Because there's characteristics that determine and define what it means to be a healthy masculine or unhealthy masculine or healthy feminine yeah. and unhealthy feminine. Well, and I also think a lot of women, this is why I love the, the, the signature retreat that I do, is because women don't really have healthy relationship to anger. Mm. And that suppressed anger leads to irritability, manipulation, emasculation, yeah. Yeah. those kind of things. And it often leaks out on the people we love the most, which could be the man in our life. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So on our, we're going to have to talk more about that on the next podcast. Emasculation, we do. sure. Yeah. And masculine, feminine and all that, because sure. we're going to be here for three more hours. Okay. So <laughs> I want to get to a couple of the principles in the program sure. that you teach. And then I have another question. Okay. <laughs> So I'll speak to I'll speak to um, one that I think all men can resonate to. Okay. Movement and connection. Okay. So many men, at the expense of doing in the world and pursuing um, status and material possession and so forth, they neglect their bodies. They neglect their physicality and they neglect their emotional yeah. health. Yeah. So movement is something that's very important for all human beings. We're made to move. Yes. And the connection piece is, is multifaceted, but I'll just I'll stay on the movement piece for a moment. And this is one of the principles: movement and connection. So we really, really teach men how to connect back to their bodies. And when we when we do that, when we 
teach men, there's some subtleties in this as well, is I'm teaching men how to connect to their bodies because we can access our trauma that way as well. Mm-hmm. Most, if not all of us, have experienced some form of trauma or have interpreted trauma in our life. And we've interpreted an experience or set of experiences as traumatic. Yeah. And that gets trapped in the body. When we move the body with intention and we become comfortable or familiar with moving the body, we then can access various parts of our psyche and emotional distresses that we've experienced in the past through the body, just through going for a run, yeah, just through lifting weights, just through stimulating our nervous system. Mm-hmm. It's also very good hormonally for us as men as well. Yeah, There's, there's so many sexual function increases, mm-hmm. mental clarity increases, um, you know, our blood clarification increases, our lung capacity, we're able to breathe better. Mm-hmm. So movement, breath is a big part of movement as well. So one of the principles is teaching men to carve out time in the day for themselves every day to move the body. Mm-hmm. Now, the connection piece is connection to self, connection to other men, connection to nature, mm-hmm. and connection to what matters most to them, connection to their values. Mm-hmm. There's, four, there's four main areas of that. So ideally, if men can get together and exercise or move the body in nature mm-hmm. in a healthy way, they're ticking a lot of boxes yeah. in one hit. And it yeah. doesn't always have to be that way. Maybe it's you, know, you have a running club and you run through the, the mountains or the hills or on the yeah. beach or something with a group of men once a week, once a fortnight, once every two weeks. <laughs> Not fortnight. Fortnight for all of, the, all of you that don't know is, is twice a month, <laughs> once yeah. every two weeks. Uh, we say that in Australia. I think in England as well. So movement and connection is an important principle because we learn how to connect other men in a healthy way, uh-huh. not through negative habitual patterning like, hey, I'm going to go down to the bar and the pub and meet my right. friends there and take drugs and drink alcohol. Right. and object- Or sit and watch TV every night or yeah, whatever. And yeah. objectify women, do yeah. this, and, and objectify myself in the process. Yeah. So we're talking about cultivating healthy habits. And being in nature is important because it connects us to earth. It, can, it cultivates a deeper reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, for how we perceive earth as men because there's there's feminine masculine um, dynamics at play there sure. as well and it also allows us to breathe fresh air and there's negative ions that are so that's a natural state to mm-hmm. be in in nature mm-hmm. so movement and connection is a major one and um the we talked a lot about men dealing with their feelings and their unconscious yeah. and their shadow self so yeah. what are, what's the principle that exploration that, yeah yeah so e- exploration is is a major um so literally exploration yeah and that covers that's quite an extensive one i, I think well I was, I was showing you earlier that's yes. actually the most extensive one yeah um in terms of the volume of what's in that mm-hmm. that lesson or that particular template and that's really exploration of every facet and every area of life mm-hmm. every aspect of self including the shadow self uh, including our own sexuality, including our own relationships, the way we relate to ourselves and to others, including our purpose and what we want in life and how we wish to drive ourselves through the world, including how we obtain clarity of mind. Just literally, ex- we're natural explorers. We've been exploring since the beginning of time. That's mm-hmm. why we are where we are today. That's why consciousness or awareness has risen so much because we've chosen to explore. We've chosen to explore the unknown and we've chosen to explore the known. Mm. And as men, we don't spend enough time in the unknown in the inner unknown we spend a lot of time in the outer unknown climbing mount everest going to new lands deep diving into the Starting ocean new business yeah but what about the inner chasms of self right that's where we're most scared to go and that's where we need to go the most mm. so you know those little those little i don't know what they are those little water buggy things that go really deep yeah yeah we need one of those to go in, in our own psyche yeah. yeah so that's the analogy i use i need to really find out what it's called but <laughs> You know, it's a mini submarine essentially. So we need to get a mini submarine and go really deep within ourselves. So it's exploring the emotional aspect of self. And that's two of the principles out of the 12. Okay. And then the website, they can read through all the principles. Oh, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of information. www.reclaimyourkingdom.com. Yeah, and that will be in the show notes. And so they 
ex- explain the course layout a little bit and everything you sure. get. Sure, yeah, yeah. So Reclaim Your Kingdom is, uh, it's very full. So it's a three. It's very full. Very I've full. seen it. <laughs> it's a lot. Not in an overwhelming way, no, but no. holy moly, do you get value. And yeah, it's really great. It's great stuff. <laughs> So three-month immersive journey. So over 12 weeks, we Mm -hmm. dive into one principle a week over a live webinar every week. Um, If you miss the live webinar, it's not a problem. It's recorded, right? It's recorded Mm -hmm. and and you have access to it forever, a Mm -hmm. lifetime, as long as you you want to. So you'll be sent that. You have access to that. There's a private Facebook group as well where we all mix and and, uh, connect as men as well. Uh, it's really beautiful. The, the, for me, the most important part of all this is the way we connect as men mm-hmm. and the sharing that occurs and unfolds every week but also in that Facebook group as well. There's a lot of interaction that happens in that Facebook group from me um, and from the men that are involved as well. So we just deep dive in each principle every week. You're, and you get coaching. They You give coaching to them on the webinars too. Or, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take questions. And- yeah, most of it. And each, actually what I what I also offer as well, which I don't often do but I'm doing it this time, is I, I'll offer a one-on-one coaching with every participant as well. Mm. So just myself and the individual, the individual man that comes in. Yeah, I, because I really want to give a lot of value and I want men to get context because there's a, a great deal of information but I break all that information down yeah. very simply and they can reread it over and over again. There's a video a lesson that they get, an extensive lesson every week alongside the webinar as well and the the Facebook group interaction too. Okay. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And you can be anywhere in the world. Oh, absolutely. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. So if a woman's listening to this and she really would love her man to do this, what would be a good way for her to create that invitation? Yeah, it's a great. It would create openness. It's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely suggest not forcing. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, do this because you need to do it. Yeah. Um, men don't like being told what to do, and that's a part of emasculation as well. We can talk about that another time. Yes, yeah. that'll be on the next podcast. <laughs> so, no, no one really likes being told. No, what to do. no. It's, it's not. It's it's demeaning. It can be demeaning, yeah. and mm-hmm. we're, we're then perceived as ignorant. But essentially, is just say, hey, I I was listening to a podcast and. This man resonated mm-hmm. um, and this woman resonated in what they were speaking to. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're interested, I think it may speak to his values. Mm-hmm. So speak the language of his values. That's mm-hmm. that's what needs to happen. So if if he values sport and fitness a lot, say, hey, this amazing program that I've been I've read through and it looks great and it covers a lot of how to move your body in a particular way or how to do this or how to do that with relation to I know what you love, maybe check it out. It could be really fun. Mm-hmm. And it's suggestive. Mm-hmm. And it could be, not it will be, mm-hmm. not definitive, hard, rigid language, mm-hmm. but just offer. Offer. Just yeah. offer. Yeah, but yeah. speak the language of, of the values language of your of your man, or of your friend or of your brother or whoever it is. And this is men of any age? Yeah. The, I had a 15-year-old boy on the last one. It's amazing. Such an amazing young man. He was he was. It was a pleasure to have him there. It's amazing. So honoured. Yeah. yeah, and everybody, there's so much good stuff. Steph teaches rituals. He teaches mm. understanding the feminine. Mm. He teaches, um, oh, my God, so much. I just, yeah, I can't even cover it all. But it's it's really good. It's really valuable. Okay. So anything else you want to say? The only thing I would say is that, you know, if you're a man and you're listening to this or you've somehow come across this or you're even looking at the, the web page is, is – just commit to yourself, whether it's a program with me, whether it's someone else that you resonate with, just commit to exploring yourself in whatever way, whether it be reading a book. Yeah. There's so many good books out there on healthy masculinity or just how to be 
a purposeful person. Right. You know, whether it be every book is about personal growth, personal development. If you're learning something, you're growing. Just grow. So don't and, and you're not an island. This is the mistake that men make. Like mm-hmm. they they think to be worthy and to be of value, they have to do life on their own. You don't have to do life on your own. Yeah. Seek assistance and guidance. Like yeah. seek a healthy group of peers that can mm-hmm. serve you on your journey and that you can serve them. Mm-hmm. It's one of our greatest gifts is to give. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it satisfies a basic biological need and yeah. it satisfies a, a social and psychological and emotional need. So my guidance is just if this material resonates with you, don't think about it, just do it, yeah. just jump in. Yeah. And if it doesn't but it stimulates something else, just seek elsewhere, grow yeah. elsewhere. That's important. Well, what I will say is I love the men that listen to this show, so thank you to all my male listeners. Um, and But there's places that stuff can take you that I can't because I'm not a man. So I, I, I can't. And I wouldn't be where I am today without specific work I've done with only women yeah. on the feminine and on yeah. being a woman because yeah. I am a woman and I embodied in a female body. And there's there's a sacredness that comes in doing that kind of work. So for the men listening, I just really encourage you to, to check this out and to enroll. I know you're going to get a lot of support <laughs> and a lot of really good support and a lot of really amazing information that will be life-changing. Um, so what's the website again? Uh, reclaimyourkingdom.com. And you're more than welcome to check out my personal page as well, just just to get a feel for who yeah, I am yeah. too, stephsafandos.com and on social media, stephsafandos, just to get a just to get a feel for who I am. And the, I put a lot of material out there. So there's mm-hmm. you're not short of material, so you'll get a feel for the course for sure there and on the website, of course. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I acknowledge you for the work that you've done and the man that you're committed to be and the man that you are and how you show up for me and how you show up for so many people. And when does this start for people? 8th of the 8th, 18. So, so 8th that's of August. August 18th. <laughs> August 8th? Yes. August 8th. Oh, you're saying 8th of the 8th. 8th. Oh, my gosh, it's so complicated. <laughs> 8th of August, 2018. There in you other go. words, a few weeks. Yeah, a in weeks. a few weeks. So take, take action quickly um, and – it's three months, it's weekly, but the course yeah. is yours forever. Of course. So you can yeah. play catch up. Everything's um, recorded. You're yeah. s- everyone's sent everything. But I think a lot of times we place too much emphasis on, oh, I have work and I have family, but you and I both have prioritized our inner work first. Yeah. And we see, um, and it maybe it took a little longer, but we see the outer manifestations of what that inner work creates. And so prioritize the inner work because otherwise you just keep accumulating a lot of external stuff that maybe some of what you want, but you're so limiting yourself in terms of what's possible. So carve out this time. How many hours per week, if they kept up with the material, would it take? The webinar will be, is anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours per webinar. And um, depending on how much they want to interact on the, on the Facebook page, of course, uh, you could do 20 minutes a week on the Facebook page. Right. It'd be plenty. It's not doesn't take much to to put a comment or, or share a right. thought or ask a question. And then the the video and the learning materials, 30 minutes to an hour a week. Okay. Yeah. Do totally doable. Very very doable. That's at the minimum. At the minimum. Very doable. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for having me here, my love. Ah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks everybody for listening.
Hey, everybody, before I sign off, if you like this show, then step into Heather Dubrow's world every Thursday and Friday on Podcast One. She interviews some fabulous guests. You don't want to miss a second of it. So check it out, Heather Dubrow's world at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Also remember to rate and review. All right, everybody, that's Coach's Corner for this week. Every Wednesday, you catch your live life coaching episode. Every Saturday is a Coach's Corner. Until next time, wishing you much love and many blessings.